Wake up and be amazing. Grab your Daily Danish. I'm Trainer Dane, and creating the life you love is perfectly within your reach. By truly embracing yourself, experience life for the first time again, you're able to embrace life with excitement, gratitude, and positivity. What are your favorite things about your life? What do you need to do in order to make your days, weeks, months, and years complete? Think about the last time you experienced life for the first time. Imagine how it might feel to dive into life and pursue your true potential. When you turn positivity into possibility, it's absolutely possible. So join me, Trainer Dane, as I empower women of the Gen X generation to live life with purpose, passion, grow strong, and age with awesomeness. As I sit today in the early afternoon and continue the podcast, and you know, I guess I never really knew or understood how hard it was to truly come up with content week in, week out, week in, and week out. And it's a struggle, but the struggle is real. And when you embrace that struggle, that's ultimately where the change happens. And that's where today's podcast is going to go. It's going to start out with my challenge to you, your trainer challenge. The trainer challenge is to set a goal that is so big that it scares you beyond your wildest dreams. Think about it. I want to repeat that. I want you to set a goal that scares you beyond your wildest dreams. Because if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. It's what you become in pursuing your goals that changes and shapes you for a lifetime. It's the struggle that challenges us and changes us. It's the struggle that gives you the strength to know that you can survive and that you can thrive. Embrace the struggle today. So how can I share a story or something that will educate, motivate, and empower you to embrace that struggle, to set that dream, to set that goal so big and so challenging that you almost think there's no possible way. So let's tell a story about me. We'll talk in the first person. So I want to go back over a decade. I went back to be an educator, teacher, coach in my late 20s with three small children. And in that pursuit, I had to feed the kids. I had to keep a roof over their head, um, be a dad. Um, be a husband, and all those things that life just throws at us, plus go to school full-time, plus work multiple jobs, and I kept putting on weight, and I kept putting on weight. And I was like so many of you who think, you just don't have time. You can't do it. How can you do it? How can you worry about meal prep and taking care of it and exercising and eating right when it's so easy to drive through or grab in our neck of the wood a breakfast taco and go? Or for me, grab barbecue or whatever it was because I'm getting up early, I'm staying up late. But never once in that time was I really, truly committed to my own personal health. And I understood it on a certain level, like many of you do. But I didn't know how, I didn't know where, and I didn't know what to do. So when I went on to um, sign a contract with a new school, and I was going to be and become a varsity football coach, at the small schools you often have two or more sports. And they said, the slot has you as a football coach, but then you also have to be part of the girls' basketball program and be an assistant varsity uh, girls' basketball coach. And I was like, it's fine with me. I don't care what gender it is. Competition's competition and coaching is coaching. So I was like, I'm all in. So I arrived and once football season was over and I really had met and truly began to work with the girls' staff, I realized and noticed and listened to every single Man and woman on that staff was fit and healthy. And they got their fitness in before and after school. And it didn't matter. 
and it made them healthier and happier people. So they were all age group athletes. Some were running 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, some were triathletes. Um, and com- they just competed in any form and fashion that they could, and it kept them focused. And I talked to him, became friends with our head basketball coach. His name was Coach John, and we just started talking. And I was basically, I confided to him that I felt miserable. I wasn't happy at all um, when the uh, varsity football coach asked me um, what size shirts and shorts I needed for the next football season, the one that had just passed, actually. And I was... My extra large shirts were getting a little snug. And I had started my career as a large. And you can feel so much better when your clothes don't fit tight. You just get bigger clothes. But then emotionally, it's like, I don't want to wear bigger clothes. I don't, I don't want to struggle, you know, running up and down the football field or cheering and high-fiving or living my life or running when I finally get home with my kids. So something had to change. Yes, I was driving 100 miles round trip each, each day. Yes, I was getting to the field house at 6 or 6.30 in the morning. Yes, I was getting home after 10 o'clock, especially on game nights. You know, when you drive the bus, you let the kids off. The kids have to get picked up. You have to drive home that 35 or 40 minutes. So there was always an excuse. But I knew deep down that I had to change something. And if you continue to do the same thing over and over and expect different results, that is the definition of insanity. So was I willing to do it? Was I willing to listen? Was I willing to be coached? So I just talked to Coach John. And Coach John brought his lunch every stinking day. Every day. Most of the time he sat in his classroom, probably watched ESPN. And he just did it. That was what he did. And he knew what he was going to have in his bag or his lunchbox. And that was it. He didn't want to go out to eat barbecue with the other coaches. It's not that maybe he didn't want to eat barbecue, but he knew if he was going to meet his goals, his health and wellness goals, and compete at the level he wanted to compete in as a triathlete, he had to watch what he ate. And he could maintain his body weight or lose body weight if he needed to by doing that. So the first suggestion Coach John told me to do was bring my lunch. Not only will I eat better, even if you pack an unhealthy lunch, I believe you'll eat better and eat less calories than if you go out because you control what's in that bag or what's in your lunchbox. Even if you put a Hershey bar in it every day. I mean, what are you getting in that roll and that bread and the oversized portion sizes? At the end of the day, it really is about proportion distortion, what we think we should eat and what we should actually eat. So the next time you look at your plate when you go out to eat, then I want you to look up measuring and portion size. We can talk about that on a later podcast, what your portion size really should be. And you're oftentimes eating two, three, four times the portion size that is necessary for survival. But bringing your lunch sounds pretty easy. But you know what? When I started the podcast, I talk all the time. Having um, content every week seemed pretty easy. And I'm still working on it. And I want your input. So let's go back. So I start bringing my lunch and I start sitting with John every day, Coach John every day. We just start having conversations. And at that time, his children, his three children, my three children, about the same age, all in that kind of late elementary school, early junior high age. And how does he do it? How does he do it? How does he take care of his family, you know, teach at school, coach in the, in the, during school, after school, road trips, then go compete? How does he ride his bike? How does he get his swimming? How does he do all those things? So I started asking questions. And he started telling me. But I still just didn't think it was going to be possible. 
So I actually jumped on to a, a website, probably early on dial-up actually, called beginnertriathlete.com. And there were people of all levels, all fitness levels, all skill levels, from the newbie, which was me, to the high-level Ironman or Ironwoman triathlete. And it seemed really interesting to me. But I certainly wasn't in that mindset at that time to ever want to do a triathlon. I wasn't even a very good swimmer. I wasn't even a very good swimmer. But Coach John came one day and he just was like, you should do a try. And I was like, Coach, I can't do that. No, there's no way. I might even freaking drown. I probably said other words that I just won't use here in the podcast. But he planted a seed on that day. And then I really started to dig into that beginnertrathlete.com. I started to get in the forums and actually ask questions and listened and listened. And then Coach John said, look, there's one in your backyard, basically. It's in your hometown. You don't have to travel. You don't have to pay extra costs on a hotel. It's less than 15 minutes from your house. Why don't you do it? So I pondered, I thought, and I registered. Then as soon as I did, I began to tell all of my students, all of my athletes, why would I do that? So I couldn't back out. So I couldn't back out. If Tina and Johnny, whoever my students were, knew that I was going on that Monday, I was going to have to show up, right? I was going to have to show up. Fast forward all the training and, you know, Coach John wrote me a training plan and I'll never forget that first day I was supposed to transition from the bike to a run and I was like a newborn colt. My legs were going all different direction. My brain had no idea what I was trying to do. I remember calling John. We didn't text then and saying, there's no way I'm going to do it. And he's like, keep doing it. Keep practicing. It's like anything. It's always hard. And then all of a sudden it becomes commonplace. And then it came a time when I could ride my bike 15, 20, 30 miles and I could go run the 10K afterwards. But that very first day or the very first couple times, I'm like, there's no way I will ever get it done. So I practiced. The night before the try came and I was in my kitchen after I loaded up the car so that I didn't have to get up quite, get up quite as early. I'm like, I'm not sure I really want to go. <laughs> I'm under-trained. I certainly don't want to die. The alarm goes off at, I don't know, probably four or something in the morning and sitting having my cup of coffee and I'm really contemplating on this cold May day whether I should go or not. I was like, you know what? They can keep the damn shirt. Because we always talked about race event shirts. There's only three ways you should get a race event shirt. And that's to be a participant, a volunteer, or have a friend or family member give you the shirt to show their sense of accomplishment. That's how you get your shirt. You have to either earn it, volunteer, or have somebody give it to you. And I was like, I'm not going to go get my shirt. I will never wear it. If my son hadn't have had a tennis tournament on that same morning and he was in middle school so he couldn't drive and I had to drive him to school I probably wouldn't have gone I don't know if I really would have or not but I really didn't want to go and it's like this I can't but once I'm out and I dropped him off well now there's really no excuse and I also like I said earlier I didn't want to be that coach that teacher that friend that guy that told you what he was going to do that told you what he was going to do that we talked about it for weeks and then didn't do it my first goal that day was to not drown, by the way. 
I showed up though and it was a cold day. I had full sweats. I had all the team sweats on actually. And I, I saw Coach John. I said, Coach John, I didn't think I was going to show up. And he goes, Coach, I didn't think you were either. So he kind of managed me up, coached me up a little bit. I put on my swim cap and my goggles and I got my number written on my arm and my calf and I just kind of stood around. And I remember getting ready for the swim start and realizing I'd never practiced an open water swim. I had no idea what I was doing. The air horn goes off, put my head underwater. I can't see and oh my God, the cold water just took my breath away. It was below 72 degrees, which is um, wetsuit legal for a triathlon, but it was a relatively short swim. And I also wasn't going to spend $495 or whatever it cost for a swimsuit because I never knew if I was ever going to do one again. So I swam. I got kicked around a little bit. I popped up. I looked more like a turtle probably in my swim as my head was out. I was probably doing this modified kind of funky breast, breast stroke, trying to sight to see the buoy where I knew where to turn. But I got out of the water. I ran to the bike. I transitioned to the bike. Rode the bike. And I thought I was riding in mountains. And now when I drive by the area where I did that first try, it's just kind of like rolling hills or almost what I would call a false flat where you're not really sure there's elevation until it gets harder. I transitioned from the bike to the run and Coach John was out there cheering me on. And I got my finisher's medal. Coach John actually was first in his age group and they gave him this really nice etched pint glass. And he gave it to me so I would never forget my first try. I'll never forget anyway. But every time I take it out of the cabinet, I remember him. And just like a t-shirt, John gave it to me so I can use the glass. So I was a participant. I can wear that shirt. As a finisher, I can wear that shirt. I didn't volunteer, but if I'd volunteered and John was a friend or is a friend, and gave me the glass. So what I know and what I learned after I completed my first triathlon, I want to share with you. Number one, I set a goal that scared me half to death because as a kid, I wasn't allowed to go to the creek or the swimming pool by myself because I didn't swim well. So I did take swimming lessons, actually, and the girl wanted to teach me different strokes. I said, I want to do the front crawl, and that's it. So here are, in no particular order, I don't even know how many there are particularly uh, lessons that I learned, but I knew and learned on that day that I was meant to do hard things, and so are you. I learned that hard work always pays off. It doesn't mean there aren't going to be trials and tribulations, but hard work always pays off. I also learned if it was easy, everyone would do it. Let me repeat. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Don't stop. Never stop. Don't stop. Never stop. You only fail and you quit. Dream big. Dream often and dream out loud. And if you can accomplish your goals, your dreams by yourself, they're not big enough. Conquer one goal at a time and then set another. That doesn't mean that you can't have more goals in different areas of your life. But set that goal, conquer that goal because it's what you become in pursuing that goal that ultimately is the most important. Today is the most important day of your life. Never, ever waste a heartbeat. And I'll add to that because you're never, ever guaranteed another one. Extra effort is 
the key to success. Give a little bit more, give a little bit more until you can't give anything else. Just start. You don't have to be perfect. Even in all, in my, you know, with, with the podcast and I, I wanted to do it, you know, almost 11 months ago and start and then I blamed it on the microphone and then recently I tried a different mic and I didn't like it and then I misplaced it and I just kept making excuses. Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. Be authentic in the pursuit of your dreams. As a reminder, it's what you become working toward achieving your goals that is ultimately most important. It ultimately changes you. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. I'm going to ask you, what will you do today that challenges you and scares you to death? What challenges you today and scares you to death? All the way back to the very, very beginning. Your trainer challenge to set a goal that scares you beyond your wildest dreams. Because it's what you become pursuing your goals that changes and shapes you for a lifetime. Thank you for joining me, Trainer Dane, and turning positivity into possibility. Please share this episode with three friends. It's on each of us to spread positivity and empowerment and shine our light into the world. Women of the Gen X generation, it's time to live with purpose, passion, grow strong, and age with awesomeness. Remember to tell those you love you love them and never assume they know. Now, go be amazing.